With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. kicking in it's been a gross kind of day yeah mine have too because i i got back from phoenix where it was sunny and 70 all weekend i get back here into the mid 40s and rainy and gloomy and just dis- all around just disappointing but, yeah you know, i want to go back how was, how was your uh how was your weekend man it was awesome uh, i was at the society for american baseball research analytics conference uh very above my head for most of it but it's really fascinating to learn about that side of the sport and i was able to present a a case study that the conference puts together is like a competition for college students. And we talked about uh, the best way to deploy a pitching staff over the course of a full season. We uh, did not win because there were, again, smarter people than us that put together presentations, but it was a worthwhile experience. It was a lot of networking opportunities. It was a lot of fun. Still was able to catch a spring training game while we were out there too. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, this is the third year I've been able to go to it, and it was another just awesome, awesome time. Very nice, man. Very nice. Yep. All right. But now, good news was I was able to still catch the end of the Oklahoma State West Virginia game. We uh, left the game a little bit early just so we could beat traffic and all that. Uh, We went to Angels Brewers, which was awesome, and then came back, caught the end of the game, watched Oklahoma State get their 12th win on the year, won back to back games, watched Yorane block everything in sight. Uh, It was was awesome. What was uh, some of your thoughts on the final uh, regular season game of the year? Well, it's weird to say that this team should have beaten anybody the way this season has gone. But, I mean, they should have beaten West Virginia. West Virginia's been awful all season. And OSU just looked like, I mean, it's weird to say, but the better team. Um, and I think it's a nice way. You end the season, the regular season with back-to-back wins. Um, it's the first back-to-back win since December. It's just, it was nice to do it in front of a home crowd that wasn't, you know, exactly full. But whatever happened to the Big 12 tournament, I th- my biggest takeaway from all of this is just like this hell of a season is about to be merci- mercifully like done. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see them beat TCU just to knock TCU probably out of the NCAA tournament just for fun because I don't think TCU should be there. Um, I'd rather watch Belmont, just being frank. But it's a good way to end the year. Win or lose against TCU, I just... I think I'm just kind of ready for the season to be over with. I'm ready to to be done and start looking ahead to next season and the recruits coming in and following whether or not Christian Brown is going to come to Oklahoma State or if he's going to go to Georgia or I I just I think I'm done with this year. Um, I'm ready to be to move forward. Yeah, I think the storylines right now for next season are really starting to kind of overshadow at least for the back half of the season as we have you know started losing more and more games. The storylines for next season and who's going to be here next year 
kind of started to overshadow a little bit, but it was nice to see this team just pull out a win. And it was a game that they should have won, and they still and they played a great overall game. They, you know, are they're running on fumes at this point in the season with you know just from a depth perspective. But to see them still go out there and fight night in night out is really encouraging for the way you know. Obviously, Boynton hasn't lost them, and to see that, I I love it. Five guys in double figures. Isaac Likely was close with eight points. Uh, Duncan Demuth made his Mitchell Solomon play as a true freshman. That was pretty awesome to see to help. Uh, Dezog would get his 100th uh, three-pointer of the year. Uh, Yorane, eight blocks. Eight blocks. Just, it's unreal. I think he needs eight more to set the single-season record. So, realistically, he needs two games, but theoretically, he could do it on Wednesday night against TCU. Yeah. Um, he's seven to tie the single-season record, eight to get there. Uh, he could do it in one game. Uh, his past two games against TCU, he had two in the first meeting, five in the second. I, I don't... I don't think he does, which is the other reason I would kind of like to see them beat TCU is so that I think it's going to take two games for him to to at least tie the record, and I would love to see him do that in his freshman season. So a game against TCU and get a nice win, and you're probably going to – two games, I think it could happen, and it would be so cool to see him do that. Yeah, and I think even to be in the top three as a true freshman and to have say, oh, for Oklahoma State to have him – come back next season there he's the big man that Oklahoma State has needed for a long time and for him to stick around and he'll not only be a sophomore and put up the production that he did not only on the defensive end but see him start to flourish offensively as well he had 16.7 and 9 uh, from the field so a great game for him Lindy Waters 19 points Cam McGriff 14 Dizzy like I said hit his 100th Three, I think he's a 101, 15 points. Curtis Jones, 13 off the bench. So we got production from across the team, uh, 85 points on the game. I can't remember the last time Oklahoma State scored in the 80s. So that was, you know, in 40 minutes at least. So that was Okay, awesome. so um, just a quick little right now. Uh, the Browns just traded for Odell Beckham. What? Yes. No way. The Browns have traded for Odell Beckham. So they're, oh I, I, I bring this up specifically because – um, there was a tweet I saw earlier and some some thoughts previously that with the personnel that the Browns have brought in, especially um, Olivier Vernon, that Ogba may become a, a trade piece for the Browns. Um, they've, they've brought in a lot of defensive line depth. Ogba becomes a nice backup, um, but he's he's on his rookie last year of his rookie contract. Um, and the, there have been talks that he would get traded to New York. Now, obviously, there's no details about this deal at the moment. And I'm sure by the time this podcast is up, we'll know for sure. But I have a feeling uh, that Emmanuel Agba is getting traded to the New York Giants um, as part of a deal for Odell Beckham. And uh, I just want to say congrats to uh, – on the one hand, I feel bad for Agba if this happens just because it looked like the, the Browns were finally going to be like a playoff team and, and good um, to go to the Giants who are not – also, but you get out of Cleveland and get to go to New York, which I think is a fair trade-off. Oh my God, I did not see this coming. Whoa. Okay, well, breaking news on the podcast. That is awesome. That's always a good time. Even if it's not Oklahoma State related, this is still great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Who, let's see. Uh, Mike Garofalo is, is reporting yeah. this. I, it says, the yeah. deal is done. I am not joking, is yeah. on Gar- Garofalo's tweet. <laughs> yeah, so... I, it's not OSU news, but it could be OSU connected. If it could, there, there's what some I saw earlier. Separation there, for sure, yeah. For sure. Wow. Okay. I mean, um, yeah. 
Do we even want to go back to basketball after that, or do we just want to move on to some baseball? They're playing TCU Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. That's why we're getting this up now. Um, I'll be watching. I kind of hope they win to knock TCU out. I kind of want to see an A break the single-season record. And with that, do we want to talk pro day or do we want to talk wrestling? Or not wrestling. Pro day or baseball? Let's go pro day first, but also shout out to Oklahoma State, obviously winning the Big 12 once again, six uh, individual conference champions, so that's awesome to see. Uh, but we'll go into pro day first here. Obviously, we're going off the cuff, as you can very uh, much tell here. Uh, but Oklahoma State had 10 or 12 guys that participated in their pro day. Tyron Johnson, really impressed. Uh, Taylor Cornelius had a 38-inch vertical, which I was really impressed with. Looked really good throwing the ball on the run. Uh, so th- those are just a couple guys that were really highlighted there, but... Now, what, what were some uh, things that you saw out of this? Um, so I'll have a five thoughts post up if I can get it done before I fall asleep or the baby cries for an hour. Uh, but with that in mind, um, so I thought it was really interesting that Jamal Singleton, former OSU coach, who's now the running backs coach from in Cincinnati, came to town. It's not surprising to have coaches come to town, but there's a difference between a position coach and scouts. There are scouts from all 32 teams in Stillwater, which I think is a big deal. It says a lot about OSU, although OU's pro day is tomorrow, so it's kind of convenient for them to come to Stillwater first and then go to Norman. But it makes me wonder if if the Cincinnati Bengals are are looking at Justice Hill. Um, If you're sending a position coach, maybe he's looking at other other players. Uh, there's been no reports that Cincinnati talked to Justice Hill, but it's it's got me wondering if if Cincinnati is interested in Hill. Um, they don't have a need for running back, but if you're sending a position coach, even though he has a relationship with Stillwater, it 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 piques my curiosity. Um, I think Tyron Johnson. Look, I've had people tell me this over and over again. You can only put so much stock into a pro day. Everyone's stats are always better at pro at a pro day right. than they are at the combine. They always are. You're more comfortable there. There, there's better timing mechanisms. Everyone's numbers are better at pro days. That said, Tyron Johnson did a really good job. Um, it looked like the Colts and the Chiefs were especially interested. The Chiefs scouts were having him run some specific routes to see how he did. I think I've always thought he'd be at best a third day pick at this point, just because of of his production. Um, I think he solidified that today. I think he will get drafted. And as someone who likes to root for the Chiefs, um, they need another option besides Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. And how terrible would it be, though, to see him go to the Chiefs and just be awesome and have to watch the, the last two players who were underutilized at OSU on the same team just kill it in the nfl i mean being a chiefs fan i won't be that upset but it'll it'll always just kind of sit as just a single thought in the back of my mind of what the was going on at oklahoma state that they couldn't figure out how to use these guys but at the end of the day uh i i saw that the chiefs were sending or having him run specific routes and that definitely piqued my interest because you put tyree kill and tyron johnson on the same field at the same time with patrick mahomes arm Oh, give it to me. I, I need that in my life. Yeah, no, look, so someone who likes the Chiefs, um, yeah, send him there. Send Tyron Johnson there. Uh, but I think he's going to get drafted now. I think that's that's that, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I do think And then uh, Corndog didn't disappoint. 
I don't know what to take away from Corn Dog's performance. Like his stats were good. He was faster than we thought he was. Um, his high jump was really good. I think it would have finished like top four at the combine this year. But I don't know what to take away from. Like we, I, we knew he was athletic. People don't realize that, but he was a multi-sport athlete. He's an athletic guy. But I don't see how any team's going to draft him. Not no, I definitely do not see him being drafted. I think more than likely he's going to end up on a roster like for rookie camp and all that. I think li- sure. the likely scenario is him being an undrafted free agent. Some team is going to take a chance on a 6'6 athletic guy that can sling the ball a little bit. So that that's kind of where I see him. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, we've seen you've seen undrafted free agents that have kind of you know, found a way to make a career either as a backup or what have you. So I that's kind of I've always kind of thought it'd be that way. I never thought a team was actually going to draft him, but you know, crazier things have happened. But I think the more likely scenario is to see him as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I think he's better off if he just switches to tight end. <laughs> his athleticism and his size, like. I know quarterbacks don't like hearing that, but if, 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 here's, if the question becomes, do you want to play quarterback or do you want to play in the league? Because if yeah. you can move positions and be good at it, move positions. If you can be a, a fullback, he's a big guy. He's athletic. We know he can run. Like he's he's got decent speed and shiftiness. Maybe he can maybe he can be a, a fullback in the NFL. I don't know. I don't. He's not an NFL quarterback. He no. he can't complete the the long pass. So that's and I don't. Unless you go to a, a team that's dinks and dunks and you're the third team practice squad quarterback. And there's nothing wrong with being a practice squad squad quarterback. Zach so, Robinson. So the was Ravens a and squad. the Jaguars. Well, I mean, but but <laughs> Zach Robinson was was on you know the practice squad for the Bengals and, and the Patriots. Yeah. And look, <laughs> I forget the exact number. Look, I, I if you want to give put me on a practice squad, they make money. Like yeah. it's not like well, they're doing that they, they're playing G League money, like they're making money. So if he ends up as a practice squad quarterback, props to him, man. That's right. that's great. Yeah, and then I saw Jordan Brailford had a pretty impressive day as well, from what I saw around. Um, I so you know the, I, there are guys that are going to get drafted out of this, um, and everyone's you know guys are going to get their opportunities. I think you know I think Tyron Johnson really separated himself, and I think Brailford can as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so update. Um, Agba was not in the trade. It's uh, it was a first round pick, uh, a second round pick, and uh, Jabril Peppers. So Agba is staying in Cleveland. So on the on the plus side, he's now on a, on a probably a playoff team, yeah. and on the downside, he's still stuck in Cleveland. Yeah. So you know, there's a little bit of give and take there. Okay, I'm just going down on Tyron Matthew, who actually just got signed by the Chiefs uh, yesterday. Just said all that. cap. He just said all caps. What is going on? So this is seeming to shock the league here a little bit. Yeah. Oh no, this is a crazy trade like this. Yeah. Yeah. All righty then. Um, moving on a little bit to you know as we intermittently go back from something that doesn't involve Oklahoma State back to uh, back to our Cowboys here. Uh, they picked up a really nice midweek win here against Missouri State, convincingly winning thirteen to two. Really, the the guy that I want to hit on is Brett Stanley, uh, getting his first career start at Oklahoma State, sophomore from Jinx, and he went out and just shoved for seven innings, eight strikeouts, just looked dominant on the mound at times scattered six hits but you know you'll take that especially if he you know as a ground ball pitcher just trying to pitch to contact so uh he did really well and then you know three relievers kind of finished the thing out once he he was up around 93 pitches so he wasn't going to go much further but that's really impressive and then hopefully pitchers understand after watching uh, trevor boone hit two hanging curveballs today that may not be the best way to attack him probably not probably not he 
And see that? He's hitting seventh in the lineup, and he's still providing a ton of thump down there. So, I, like I said, this team is going to hit consistently. They will. Uh, but to see the production at the bottom of the lineup from a guy like Trevor Boone, who's been a you know a consistent mainstay in the lineup for the last two years, uh, continue to produce, it's really impressive. Yeah, no, I'm, it's a it was a nice performance. It's it's what you want to see out of Oklahoma State in these kinds of games um, against the Missouri States of the world, who aren't necessarily terrible, but they're not good this year. Uh, I looked at this. I was looking at the schedule for the next two weeks, including this game, the next eight games, and honestly. You know, OSU at this point should be figuring things out, figuring out the rotations, their lineups, um, and kind of rounding into form, heading into Big 12 play. This is Missouri. You beat Missouri State. You've got a three-game series against Southeastern Louisiana this weekend. You have a, a midweek game at Dallas Baptist next week, which is a is always a good team. And then you kick off Big 12 play with a three-game home series against Kansas State. OSU at worst should go seven and one in that stretch. Um, I think they should. Kansas State's the bottom of the Big 12. They're not very good. Um, Dallas Baptist is a solid team. That's a, that's a tricky one. Southeastern Louisiana. Like This is the point where you shouldn't lose games to teams like that. This is uh, OSU 7-1 over the next eight games. It's not going to be huge for your RPI, but it does boost the record and make things feel better. Because right now they're 10-5. They're and five. You do that the rest of the way, and you're 16 and six, looking good. I, I'm, I'll be excited to watch, but I, I feel like this should be a nice stretch for them this next two weeks. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, I think this is going to be. They should be able to sweep Southeastern Louisiana this weekend because the way it should work out, I think, if I'm my math is correct on this, Jensen Elliott's on full rest. You pitch him Friday. Mitchell Stone is on a full week's rest. You throw him Saturday. Brett Stanley, who threw today, he'd be on a five days rest. And he'd be able to go on Sunday. And I think that is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday lineup that I think is really good. And I think that, you know, obviously that moves Logan Gregg out of the normal rotation for the weekend. But I think he's done really well out of that one inning, you know, just shut down role. I think his stuff plays really well out of there as a fastball slider guy. And I think he can really produce there. And he threw a full inning today, got a strikeout, scattered a hit. And I think that's, I think they found a role for him, which I think is good just to continue to add to a more experienced bullpen, which Oklahoma State has. And we saw that this weekend as well uh, in the game against Michigan. Joe Leinert, who, through his first start, shut down a Michigan team that had been playing really well. Then Ben Leeper shut the game, uh, struck out the side in the 10th. So you're going to see a lot of guys and a lot of experienced guys out of the bullpen. And I think this might be the way of that rotation to go Friday, Elliott, Saturday, Stone, and then for, and Sunday, Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Um- you know more about this than I do. I'll be honest, as always. Uh, I just I, – I, basketball season's over, man. Other than yeah. just enjoying March Madness, it's it's baseball season. And I, I – you know, I, I get into it. It's fun. It's fun to what, what that OSU is consistently good and, and gets to regionals. And I, I just – I'd like to see them in a better situation than they were last year at, at Stetson, either hosting or in a, in a nice two-seed position at a lower-ranked – host site um i just i'd like to see that and get see them maybe get back to a to super regional this year yeah no i think i think i think this is a team that can do it especially if they can get hot right around the end of conference play it's all about kind of it's almost very similar to what you see in basketball when it comes to just getting hot at the right time and we saw that a couple years ago when they uh when they went to the college world series you know they kind of stumbled a little bit in the big 12 tournament but that was just really one bad game that kind of did them in 
And then you saw the way they played in regionals and supers, and they finished third in college. You know that week they just happened to run into an Arizona team that was really really good. Uh, but I think Dallas, going back to a little bit of what we're going to see over these next eight games, I think Dallas Baptist is going to be a game that's going to be really tough. That one's on the road at DBU. I don't necessarily see Oklahoma State winning that game. I think they're just those midweek games, especially with spring break. I think it'll be just a little bit weird. Uh, Kansas State, legitimately, I think they can take two out of three. Uh, I think they might lose that Saturday game just because they've kind of struggled on that day specifically. But Friday, Sunday should be wins. Uh, obviously, I would love to see a sweep, but I just think realistically they'll take two out of three there. And to go six and two in that stretch is not bad whatsoever. And then you go into a midweek game against OU in Stillwater the next day. So that should be a win as well. OU, despite a record, they're, you know, 13 and three record. We were looking over the RPI, which is even weirder than it is in basketball. Um, but OU's 13 and three and their RPI is not good. They haven't played really great teams so far this year. So this would be a real test for them and a real test for Oklahoma State as well. Yeah, I think I checked OU's like 108 in RPI despite their record. They just haven't played anybody like at all. Whereas OSU's got the third highest RPI in the Big 12 despite a, at the time, 9-5 record. But they've played more teams. They've got a win over Michigan, which was really good. Um, the win over Iowa, I know they lost that series, but that one win was was nice. And losing to decent teams don't hurt your RPI as much as I think beating bad teams. I mean, I think RPI takes in the strength of schedule a lot. Um, and they've just, I mean, the, the schedule for the next two weeks is not daunting in any way, shape or form other than maybe Dallas Baptist just because it's a road game at a consistent, um, postseason team. But if they could find a way, I mean, winning that game would just be kind of icing on the cake. Um, honestly. And then, you know, we get into big 12 play, big 12 play really starts. And that's where, that's where it really matters. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's going to be really exciting, especially these next few weeks. If they can find a way to rack up, you know, some wins and get to about that, it would be what sixteen and six, something like that. If they go eight and six and two in the stretch, something like that. Um, they, they sixteen and six if they go seven and one. Okay, yeah, I like that. And then go into conference play with that record, you're going to be able to compete with some of these teams. Obviously, Texas Tech is just unreal this year, so it's going to be tough yeah. to actually win the conference. But to at least finish in that top two or three. You're looking at May, and you know you win a few games in the Big Twelve tournament. You're looking like possibly hosting a regional, probably not a super, but if you can host a regional and get there, uh, this this is a team that can do some damage. I really think so, especially if the Pritching can you know all start to work together as a whole staff. That everyone you know McCusker, Boone, Simpson, they're all going to hit. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the pitching in order consistently. And I think today was a really good indication of what this team can be. You don't necessarily see midweek guys going seven innings, but to see Stanley do that to me was very impressive. And I think he and Greg will probably switch in that midweek rotation and, or the weekend rotation. I think that's where this team might head. And if they do that, I think they could be, this team could be a real force moving forward. Yeah, kind of looking back, if I'm researching right, the Big 12 hasn't had three teams host regionals for a while. Generally, you get about about two. It's just because of the viewpoint of how good the SEC is. Um, they tend to get a lot. ACC gets a few. So it, OSU, to have a real shot or to finish as a high two seed, they need to finish top three in the Big 12. I think they can do that. Texas Tech's obviously really good. Texas is good. Um, TCU's Kind of up and down, I think, kind of like OSU, though for some reason OSU's been really good against TCU since Matt Holiday got to town. Um, Kansas looks like they're they're half decent, and then the rest of the league is. Uh, it's just a it's a very top heavy league, and it always consistently is in the Big Twelve with TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech really being at the top, and then 
Texas kind of has been kind of hovering in recent years, but they're really good. Obviously, having a really great series against LSU a couple weeks ago. So this is going to be a fun conference play to watch. And then I'm just kind of looking down the schedule, and I'm fascinated to see what Oklahoma State does against reigning champ Oregon State uh, in the beginning of May. That's going to be a huge series for their RPI. Uh, I'm not expecting a – I don't have very high expectations for that one. Uh, I cover a lot of college baseball, and I think Adley Rutschman, their catcher who – is looking like we'll go number one overall in the MLB draft in June. Uh, he might single-handedly beat us. That guy just is a killer, really, really good player. Yeah, so, but it's uh, going to be fun to yeah. watch. Either way, I think this this is a team that's going to do some damage, and I think you know what we've seen this weekend was a really good test. So that's all we got for today. Philip, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXARPoke. Um, yeah. Awesome. You can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. Uh, stay locked on. Uh, then we got an interview later this week. Uh, that will be uh, up probably either the end of this week or the weekend. And look for that. And stay locked on the site with all the stuff we got coming up. Hopefully we can get some recruiting news and some more you know stuff to talk about with the Big 12 Conference. So we'll, it'll all be there. Have a good one, everybody.